0: Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.
1: We know we need a retirement plan and an income plan. What about a plan for happiness? It's possible. We'll explore some options on today's show.
2: Hi, this is Coach Pete, and if you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Financial
3: Safari. Welcome in, everybody. This is Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is, of course, author of a great little book called Every Dime Every Day, president of Frisbee and Associates, and so much more. Hey, Kevin, What's happening? Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. I like this. A happy plan. I mean, we want to be happy well, in retirement. Is that let, is that a conversation that you have?
1: I'm grinning as, as we talk about this. You know what? At the end of the day, you know what we find after pulling people and hearing conversations with clients that come in is people just want to be comfortable. They want to be happy. They want less stress. They want to just live their lives and, and do what they want to do on a day-to-day
3: basis. And I think that's a great Uh, disposition to have. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. And, and again, you know, one way to achieve that, of course, is to, you know, tie up your loose ends. And that's one of the things that you can help us accomplish. That's right. You know, a lot of people
1: come in, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say I'm surprised because a lot of people come in and they've got accounts scattered all over the place. And even people, it doesn't matter if they have a lot of money or a little money, a lot of people will come in and they've got six, seven, eight accounts scattered out there and so that creates angst and and, uh, and stress in some people's lives. And they think, hey, I got to get a handle on this. And they come in saying, Kev, I just need your help to just get a, a let's consolidate some of this stuff. Let's kind of tie up some loose ends, so to speak, and, and get a handle on it. Some people come in and find money, meaning they've got statements they didn't even realize when they added it up that they, they had more money than they thought. And all of a sudden, it shouldn't be like that, Steve, right? It should be simplified. The older you get, the simpler it should become. You should be kind of like you don't have to have all your money in one company let's say or one investment but let's let's talk about diversification but at the end of the day let's kind of maybe keep
3: things under one roof so to speak sure well and again this this when you talk about tying up financial loose ends that's a debt thing too and i know you're a get out of debt guy in, in the and and i think we all should be and that's something that's important certainly going into retirement you know what? One of my pet peeves on a personal level is cutting checks. Remember, they, they used to send out
1: these uh, the payment coupon books for vehicles, and that, they yeah, still do. Sure. And it drives me nuts if I got to sit down and write a check every single month. A month goes by fast. It seems like I'm doing it all the time, right? Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm I don't want this. I want to pay everything. I want to pay it off, and and not have that that thought that I have to cut that check and, and worry about paying that bill every month. That's kind of what I think an ideal situation in retirement is, right? Let's tie up those loose ends. Pay off some of those uh, fringe debts, I call them, some of those consumer type stuff. So you don't have to sit down at your desk and pay that bill. You freed up that time. You don't have to mentally think about it. It's done deal. And so now it, it kind of it it takes that off your plate. And now you can go take that mental time and go
3: focus it somewhere else sure well absolutely and and you know one of the other things that uh, kind of factors into the happy plan is taking that worry off the table of running out of money and that is something that that you can craft a plan i mean if you've been a good saver you can make that happen you know the big one of the biggest concerns we hear about people having retirement
1: is running out of money and it's the biggest fear by the way on the polls and all the articles that are written it's the biggest fear number one fear of a retiree is outliving your money in fact people would rather die before they run out of money, and that's just a, actually statistically, that's what they pull people. So, to that point, if you don't have a written plan in place and you're not following some sort of guideline, and, and some people have a, a, a fly-by-night personality, and that's perfectly fine. They, they don't have to worry about it because they don't think about it, and, and fine. If I'm not that type of person, and so, but but I I get it. But if you want to get a handle on making sure and laying out a plan, guaranteeing you that you have money by the by the day you die. Well, to me, that's peace of mind. And, and that, again, being a type A personality, I'm wired to that point that I wanna see data, I wanna see detail, I don't wanna do fly by night and just hope that I get there. Uh, and some of those people make it, by the way, so they don't ever worry about anything and that's and just how their personality is. And and they don't always run out of money. They just, they get to the end game and, and they just never had a worry in, in the world. And, and just, again, it depends on how you're wired. But for me, if you had a plan laid out saying, here I am today, here's what I've got saved up. Here's what I need to make for returns on my money. And, and then here's when I expect to pass away, you know, taking that on the longer side. To me, that would be a sensible thing to do, knowing that you have some of that
3: worry taken out of your plan. Oh, of course. Absolutely. 800-998-5649. That's the number. That'll get it started for you, folks. Uh, let's talk about downsizing and, and uh, where that factors into the happy plan.
1: You know, here in New England, a lot of people have bigger homes. They raise their families in these homes. They're sometimes generational homes. And so the the reality sets in sometimes with people. And I ask questions like this too, like somebody comes in they're 60 years old, 65 years old, Do you plan on staying in the house. And yep, yep, we plan on staying here. I said, picture yourself when you're 85 years old, can you stay in your current house? Well, I'm not quite sure. All right, now we have to have a, a 20 year window down the road to look at what do you do for transition between now and mid eighties, let's say, when, when maybe you don't have the ability to take care and, uh, and upkeep what you're living right now. So that downsizing, the, the problem in today's market, right? Everybody knows if you downsize and try to sold, uh, sell your place at, at the, the peak of the market right now, the, the real estate market, you have to go live somewhere else. So what do you do? Take that money and go buy an expensive place somewhere else? You're likely not gonna save any money. And the goal of downsizing is to actually try to pocket some funds, go to a smaller house, go to a uh, you know maybe a single level living, that type of thing. But at the end of the day, sell your bigger house for more of a, uh, an amount and you profit some and pocket some. And that's not the case right now with the cost of uh, real estate, with the cost of building materials. So it becomes a challenge. But but in the in the big scheme of things, you got to think long term. Can you stay in the in the place you're in? Can you do the maintenance and upkeep in the place you're in? And if not, let's start to put a plan in place to transition that over the next twenty years.
3: Well, that's got to be a tough question. Uh, when I mean, in today's real estate market, I mean, I don't care where you are, it is insane. You know, it in is terms no of no matter way, it, and so it's tempting. It's like, well, well, let's just sell the house, right? I mean, I, certainly if you're getting close to retirement. But and, and I've had
1: yeah, and I've had some people recently actually sell the house and actually move in with the kids, and the kids might have built a an in-law type of par- apartment above the garage and and t- type of thing, so that it may be a temporary situation. But but again, temporary is what we don't know when the real estate market's going to going to uh, soften up. It's going to soften up at some point, of course it is. But 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 when is that going to happen? We don't know that. So you. you as long as you're okay, maybe moving back with the kids or doing something like that for an extended period of time, it might be a few years. If, if you're okay with that and the kids are okay with that, maybe that's what you do, sell the place, move out. I had a conversation with a client in here just a couple days ago. Husband had passed two years ago. When I asked the question, she came in, we, we were talking investments for her, her income, what we needed to change and, and if we needed to change anything in, on her uh, deposits. And I said, do you plan on, she lives here in Lewiston, And I said, do you plan on staying in that house, single family house? Single level, yes, but she's like, no, it's too big of a house for me. But I don't know where I would go because I don't want to move in with my kids, and, and for for a lot of reasons. So, some people are kind of, I don't want to say stuck, but they they kind of are because of the real estate market the way it is today.
3: Yeah. Wow. Okay. But again, but that's nice that you're. I mean, I know you're pretty well versed in real estate, and you understand the markets, and you understand uh, you know how to. Maybe take advantage of certain situations.
1: I'm very versed in real estate. We have a lot of rental properties ourselves, and I've had a lot of people, uh, clients, uh, do uh, you know flipping and and investment real estate and 1031 exchanges for delaying the taxes and, and deferring the taxes down the road. So, the lot that we can bring to the table as far as conversationally, some of my other advisors might not be as versed in real estate. But the great part of having a team to draw from is they know I've got an experience, a vast experience in real estate. So, if somebody calls up and they talk with one of the other advisors. Those other advisors will defer them to me to say, hey, this guy's got real estate, or this woman's got real estate questions. Kevin's the guy that you want to sit down with and kind of go through some of the uh, ins and outs of that.
3: Exactly. And when we say build in a buffer, what we're talking about is that emergency fund, essentially, aren't we?
1: Yes. So- I'm always a fan of having an emergency fund anyway, even before retirement. You got to have some money set aside for that rainy day, so to speak. And so I look at a buffer like this, and and some of my frugal clients, and if you listen to the show, you're going to chuckle at this because I'm talking about you right now. So some of the people that find it difficult to spend money, what happens is we actually put a, a, a distribution plan in place. We start to drip money from their investment accounts into their checking or savings accounts every single month. And so they may not be wanting to spend that money because again, they, they're not wired like that. But after several months of seeing that money drip into their account, they build that buffer up. And now they have kind of a thought to say, hey, if that money's going to come every month, I'm going to go take some of that money and go spend it. Just almost a way to trick yourself using that buffer account to trick yourself to try to you know go spend some money. And again, I've got a lot of clients that are in that position that they just have been great savers. They're, they're frugal people, good New Englanders here that that don't want to go spend. And, and at the end of the day, you really should think about putting a spending plan in place, not just save, 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 but and not frivolous either. But just put some good plans in place to go spend some money.
3: Well, that's what you saved it for—is for the retirement. And, and so, yeah, take advantage of it. That's what—that's what retirement's all about, isn't it? easier said than done though right I, know, I mean I get again it. the I conversation
1: understand. with these people
3: <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and some people want to leave
1: money the grand kids and grandkids and they want to guarantee that that's going to happen and that's perfectly fine but to my to, from my vantage point if we're building in a distribution plan of six percent a year in a conservative investment if you're taking six percent you're not taking the principal well how much is that if you saved up five hundred thousand that's thirty thousand dollars and you might think holy cow I'm not what am I gonna do with thirty thousand bucks to that point get creative if you know it's coming every single year Go figure out how to spend $30,000 and and, uh, and maybe have some fun, additional fun doing it.
3: You can help us achieve that. That's why meeting with an advisor, you know, you're independent, you're fiduciary, you've got a lot of experience. Those are the things that really most people need and want in an advisor. So to be able to set up that spending plan as much as the savings plan, I think it's important.
1: Well, the whole part, right, about having a happy plan, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, is having somebody that you can air out your, your, your concerns with and, and have guide you along. And because we have so much experience in all these areas, including Medicare planning and long-term care planning, real estate planning and everything else, I think that the the comfort level we can give people when they leave the office is even if they're not a client, they come in for the consultation, we're gonna we're gonna talk through these items. And if they circle back around and become a client, great. But if not, hey, they might, you know, come back to us several years down the road. It's happened before many times. But it's the comfort level when you leave saying, hey, I got a better handle on what I've got going on. I appreciated the advice that they gave me here at Frisbane Associates and and, uh, go live a happy retirement.
3: I'm all for it. And folks, if you'd like to begin to put that happy plan together, Kevin would be happy to sit down with you. In fact, why don't we invite folks to call right now? Sounds great, Steve. For the next 10 callers
1: who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning for the next 10 callers a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value they were going to give away complimentary with no obligation
3: 800-998-5649 10 callers right now get the comprehensive financial review you see where you are today but more importantly you find that you've got a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement 800-998-5649 again 800-998-5649 we know we have to save for retirement how much should we save is the question what
1: kind of account do I need how much should I have at the end of the year all great questions in this segment we'll get straight to the facts some may surprise you
2: in retirement some people like to take it easy uh, let's see to nap or not to nap and some people like to go go go
4: and then we went to St. Thomas then New Orleans then our grandson soccer game then for the theater of
2: New York to Bora Bora. you know what the beauty of it is It's your choice. Ah, live it like you want. If you have the right plan, enter Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, 800-998-5649.
3: You're listening to the Financial
2: Safari News Network. A
4: 2014 AARP survey found that though the majority... 62% of Americans over 50 have set aside money for their out-of-pocket medical expenses. More than half are worried about their ability to afford health care. This is concerning because health care will very likely become a significant part of your expenditures when retired. Research shows that Medicare covers only about 60% of health care costs for those over 65. One study found that a 65-year-old couple would need an average of $220,000 to cover total health care expenses in retirement. Another report put that number as high as $360,000. Those who retire early may spend even more on health care because they are eligible for Medicare. A couple retiring at 62 could be adding an additional $17,000 to their annual budget in insurance and other expenses. Everyone's health care needs are different which is why it's important to consider how factors like your age, health, and family medical history affect your potential expenses. Fortunately, there are strategies that you can use to help tame health care costs in retirement. Determine whether you are eligible for any employer-sponsored healthcare benefits once you retire. Any assistance you receive could reduce your out-of-pocket costs and thus the amount you need to save for medical expenses. Retirement health care plan accounts like a retiree health savings plan may be available through your employer and can help provide a tax-advantaged way to save for future health care expenses. A financial professional can help you determine whether this option is available to you and show you how it may fit into your overall retirement strategies.
3: on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is, uh, of course, I mentioned a fiduciary and independent. He's got a lot of experience, got a great team of people at Frisbee and Associates, uh, also author of a great little book called Every Dime Every Day. And uh, this is going to be a fun one, Kevin, because all those questions that you laid out there, you got to hear those questions every day, don't you think? I hear them all the time. And yeah. it's fun
1: to kind of talk through
3: some of these in, in uh, today's show. So what 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 is the number? Is there a number? That that we need to have for retirement, or is it really? It, it just depends, and I'm thinking that's kind of where we're going here. It, it is where we're going. It really depends. Remember the old? I haven't
1: seen it in a long time. The old ING commercial where people were walking around out in public with a number underneath their eyes. Right, arm. exactly. You know, some had six hundred fifty thousand, some had one point two million, whatever, whatever that is. It's a it's a situation by situation number, and you got all those books out in the market that say you have to have a million dollars to retire. That's not necessarily the truth. And at the end of the day, yeah, would it be nice to have everybody at a million dollars in retirement accounts? Of course it would be. But the reality, the reality is just not the, not the case. Keep it in mind, all right, we built our practice. We, we've got plenty of clients with seven figure accounts and higher, believe me. But most people here in, in New England, Central Maine, have, and they come into the office, they've got anywhere from two to $600,000 if they're a married couple. And they've got two to $400,000 if they're a single person. That's the average number. That we typically see here across the state of Maine and through New England for that matter.
3: Okay. Is that a doable number for retirement?
1: Well, again, the answer depends. It depends a lot on how much debt do you carry into retirement. That's a critical factor because it it really, the basis Steve gets down to the budget. How much is it going to cost you to maintain your lifestyle on a monthly basis, running a household with the basics of all, basics of all the bills. If you're a homeowner or a renter, it doesn't matter. There's a basic number that it costs to live every single month. Then you build a lifestyle on top of that. And now we have a number, a budget need every single month. Is it five thousand a month? Is it three thousand a month? Is it eight thousand a month? Whatever that number is, your fixed incomes come into play here. To say if your budget need is six thousand dollars a month, let's say, and your fixed income is four thousand dollars a month, maybe you have pensions, maybe you have Social Security, whatever that might be. What's the gap? And if the gap is a number that now we look at the retirement funds, let's use the example, 6% a year is the number I talk about all the time. Everybody that listened to the show for a long time know that that's the the, the number we build up. What that simply means for every $100,000 you have saved up, if you withdraw in 6% a year, taking only the interest, that's $500 a month. So the example is if you get $400,000 saved, 6% a year is $24,000 for the year, which is $2,000 a month is $2,000 a month added to your Social Security or mainstay retirement or pension enough to fit the budget. And that's how you back into it. So if you if you need eight or nine or $10,000 a month, then you probably need a million dollars saved up. Million dollars, 6% is 60 grand, $5,000 a month. But if you only need five, six, seven thousand 7,000 bucks, you don't need a million dollars. You need four, five, six hundred thousand 600,000 to get to that point. I had somebody, younger couple, 52, 53 years old in the office, about a week ago now and come in with about $350,000 in, in 401k monies. And I thought, good for you guys. I usually see younger 50s with a little bit less than that, but you've done a good job so far and you get got a head start. And I said, my question is, you know, when do you expect to retire? 65 is their goal. So I said, you got 12 years, roughly 12, 13 years to get to that point. I said, the rule of 72 when it comes to money is you take the interest rate, divide it into the number 72. It tells you how many years it'll take your money to double. So they come in with 350, I said in, in, with a 12, 13 year window now, if we put you in an account that will average 12% a year, let's say a, a good, moderate managed account, that 350 in six years, seven years becomes 700. And then in 12 or 13 years becomes uh, 1.4 million without doing any more contributions. Wow. And again, get, yeah, when you break it down like that, right? Now you can look at a window to say, wow, what now it gets to, what am I getting on my investments as far as returns? Number one. And secondly, what kind of risk am I taking and putting a plan in place now to adjust the investments to get you to your end goal? Sure.
3: Well, and maybe 65, uh, maybe you can back that down a couple of years.
1: That's true. So that was their commentary saying, hey, maybe we don't, their eyes lit up saying, maybe we don't need to go to 65. But they thought that thinking they were going to try to you know, stumble into 65. But if they don't need that kind of budget need, right? Yeah.
3: Maybe you look at taking it 62, taking an
1: early retirement or 60.
3: Sure. Well, the, the, I mean, the only trouble with that—not trouble, but the, the, one of the aspects of that—and that's what we're going to talk about next—is healthcare. Because if you've got if you're retiring before sixty-five, you've got that healthcare gap to to cover for sure. So, had another couple. I might have told the
1: story already, but I'll tell it again because this is a very common situation with people. A Couple sixty-one year olds in my office a couple weeks ago now, and uh, <clears throat> she basically—they basically said we're working, or she's working for the healthcare. She's a nurse. And uh, you know, both, both 61 will not qualify for subsidy healthcare plan because of their income level and their assets and all. I said, listen, listen, look at it like this. Let's take a worst case scenario. You spend twelve hundred dollars a month between the two of you for three years, three and a half years you have left. That's about forty five thousand dollars. You can carve off mentally, carve that off of your portfolio, and know that you're going to set that aside for healthcare cost premiums. I should say from from now till 65 when you get on Medicare, when the costs drastically go down. I said, if you do that, will a we'll $45,000 reduction of your retirement accounts today change your outlook on retirement? The answer was absolutely not in this case, they had a very nice nest egg. So they, they basically kind of, again, their eyes lit up said, wait a minute, for, I can look at it like this. Their commentary was, I'm basically buying, buying back my time another three and a half years by just taking 45,000 in healthcare premiums off the table and know that it's going to be, you know, our healthcare premiums every month. So three and a half years, their kids and grandkids live out of state, Rhode Island and Connecticut. And so she's like, well, I don't have to work now for healthcare. I can work per diem, maybe cover some of that cost for healthcare, and at the end of the day, have the choice to be able to travel to see my grandkids anytime I want to. Nice. And, and it, the, the whole point is for a small amount of money based on their portfolio, it was buying their time and, and making it, at least painting a picture, they didn't have to work anymore for healthcare. They could they could put a different plan together or or, or or a different strategy together.
3: I like that, Kevin. That's amazing. And and how satisfying is that for you to be able to you know sort of put that together for? Them?
1: Well, for, again, it, it's all about quality quality of life. How can we yeah. help our clients improve their quality of life by just giving simple, uh, different advice, I guess, than sure. what they've heard before, yeah. or or looking at it from a different angle.
3: Exactly. Well, let's talk about inflation because that's a big deal. And that sure is a, a, a word that's being bandied about more than ever right now.
1: In, inflation is the buzzword in the markets right now. It's going to be for several years, Steve. I can tell you right now, uh, economists after economists have written articles, and I follow this very closely because I read up on, on all the changes going on in the markets. And the, the government's going to let inflation run hot for several years. And some some economists say decades. Why is that? I'll tell you why. It's simple. National debt. We've got 28, almost running on $29 trillion in national debt right now. We're going to hit $30 trillion very shortly. And so they cannot let interest rates rise, which means by being backed in the corner, not letting interest rates rise, they have to keep an artificially low. And so what that means for inflation, it's going to be really running hot for, for several years in, in the future. What does that mean for real estate? We're seeing it right now. When does the market soften up? It's hard to tell because if they let inflation run hot, that means real estate's gonna continue to run hot. If they let you know inflation run hot, that means equities and stocks will continue to run hot. And yes, the stock market's probably overvalued based on historical PE ratios, and it is, no doubt about it, it's, it's higher than it ever has been. But at the end of the day, the, the, the market people, the investors and the market makers know that they're going to continue to print money, continue to put money out there, keep interest rates low. So inflation is going to run high. What does that mean for a saver? What does that mean for people with money in the bank and these poor people with CDs that they're trying to rely on that income from their CDs now? It's, it's a thing of the past. I had an 84 and a 79-year-old here in the office and I don't usually see people in their 80s come in, but once in a while I do, but I've seen them more lately. They come in because their CDs from the banks uh, have now come come mature. And so they had these five-year CDs. They had you know almost 3% in interest rates. They don't get that anymore. And so they were saying, hey, Kev, I want to put this money to work. I don't want to take a lot of risk, but at the end of the day, I'm not making anything in the bank anymore. And now what, what are your choices? What do we do? So that's going to be the detriment of some of these savers where they have money, if they keep money in the bank and CD accounts, they're going to get eaten up. They're going to eat get eaten up by an inflation rate that's going to be much larger than the, the small interest that they're going to get at the banks and credit unions.
3: And you don't see that changing anytime soon, obviously.
1: Years. I think, I think it's going to be here for the foreseeable future. I think years in front of us, that's not going to change.
3: All right. Well, good to know. Again, folks, if you want to get in and, and sit down with Kevin and have that conversation, now's the time to give him a call. That's right, Steve. For the
1: next 10 people who call us right now, We're going to offer a complimentary financial review of your entire financial and retirement plan. There's no cost for this visit. It's simply a chance for you to get an education about your money so that you can make the best decisions for yourself moving forward. We found that most people don't have a true understanding of three basic things. They don't know how much money they're paying in fees and commissions. They don't know how much unnecessary risk they're taking with their nest eggs. And they don't understand the tax implications of their retirement savings. We will sit down with you and help you understand all of those issues. Many of our radio listeners who go through this process eventually become clients, but others don't. This process isn't designed to turn every listener into a client. It's just an extension of the education that we try to offer on the show. But we can't give specific advice for your unique situation on the radio, so this is an opportunity for you to get answers to some of your specific questions or maybe even answers to some questions that you didn't even know you needed to be asking. If you call right now and you're one of the next 10 callers, Not only will you get a financial review and second opinion package worth $499, but when you come in, you also get a copy of this brand new, hot-off-the-press special report that Coach Pete just released for radio listeners only. It's called the Retirement Alpha. It's a nine-page special report about building a solid retirement in a zero-interest environment. Now keep in mind, folks, the review alone is worth $499, but this report is invaluable and could save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars in taxes through retirement. So for the next 10 callers, we'll make some time in our calendar to visit with you and give you this complimentary financial roadmap.
3: Hey, folks, here it is. This is a great way for you to be able to to get that financial roadmap put together, especially if you've never done it before. Now's the time to make that call. It's 800-998-5649. Kevin and his team are there for you. Uh, They're going to give you a true practical financial review. Like I said, if you've never done it before, no time like the present. A lot of folks looking for a second opinion. That's where Kevin comes in as well. 800-998-5649. 10 callers right now. Get the comprehensive financial review. You see where you are today, yes, of course, but more importantly, you do end up with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. One question nearly everyone asks is, when can I retire?
1: Some signs you may be ready to retire today, even early retire. Details are next.
2: it's your go go years. So let's get going with another retirement road trip. Ah, oh, yes. Let's head to the beach. Let's go to the Crystal Coast in North Carolina, an 85-mile stretch of coastline with coastal resorts and soundside and intracoastal waterway ports. Let's start at Moorhead City. Morehead. Once the home to the Bald is beautiful convention. Great restaurants and shops and schedule your fishing or scuba diving trip. Who knows what you'll see because the coast of North Carolina is known as the Graveyard of the Atlantic. Cross the bridge from Warhead City to Atlantic Beach, and one of the first things you'll see is Four Corners Diner. It's a must for breakfast. Hit the circle, a big public beach access area with restaurant shops and a great dive bar the Tackle Box Tavern. You have to visit one of the coolest little towns in America, that's Beaufort. History meets waterside dining. Walk along the waterway, stop for a meal, check out the luxurious yachts docked there, shop in a quaint historic town. And for real history, you can visit the old burial ground, weathered tombstones dating back to the early 1700s. You'll find the grave of the child who died at sea and was buried in a keg of rum. Visitors still leave toys at the child's grave. There's even a cemetery tour app you can download. <laughs> what? Move on? No, I know I'm not the only one who likes to visit old cemeteries. Okay, well then let's head to Fort Macon State Park on Bogue Banks near Atlantic Beach. You can tour of the fully restored fort, site of the 1862 Battle of Fort Macon. It's made up of 2,379,546 bricks, more than any other U.S. fort. <laughs> What now? Oh, enough history. Ready to go back to the beach again? Well, let's head to Emerald Isle, western end of the Bogue Banks. Spend the day on the beach and catch some great music at night at your favorite food joint or come in September for the Emerald Isle Beach Music Festival. And when you're at the Crystal Coast, you can take a boat or ferry to Cape Lookout, climb the lighthouse, and visit the aquarium at Pine Knoll Shores. That, believe it or not, is just a taste of things to do when you visit the crystal coast of North Carolina. Yes, vacationing again. And when you get the right retirement plan, you're really on your own eternal vacation.
3: We're back on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is uh, author of a book called Every Dime Every Day. He's president of Frisbee and Associates, a great team of folks behind him, with him. And um, so, yeah, there's the question of the day. When can I retire, Kevin? When can I retire? Um, And again, I know the answer is that depends, right?
1: (laughs) It does depend. It's so funny, Steve. The different types of people that come in, and some of them are coming in to say, Kev, I really need your help to, to, to pin down a date. When can I really get done? Realistically, get done, and then some people come in and say, "Kev, I give my notice. How can I get there to that point?" You know, what <laughs> whoa! <mean?
3: laughs> hey, Cart so, before the
1: horse, know, there, right? <laughs> yeah, but but at the end of the day, we've we've made both of those work. And I, I like, obviously, if if you're more proactive and come in and, and lay out a plan and, and help have me try to help, uh, nail down a date for you, it's a little bit easier than you come in and say, I, "I'm I give my notice. Can I can I do this?" <laughs> so, and there's different dynamics with with that type of planning, right? That kind of on the fly planning versus proactive, laying that plan out, uh, on purpose planning. But at the end of the day, some people come in just, they, they, they know they can retire, but they want a confirmation. They, they want Kevin to say, or one of the advisors here to say, you're in good shape, you can do it. And and it just that, that stamp of approval kind of gives them a little bit of relief that they go and say, yep, here's my date, done. Um, again, r- people come in for reviews, I had another one just a couple couple days ago. And and basically the couple come in and they say, well, the countdown's on. And I knew this anyway. Her her, her date is June 3rd of next year, next uh, next June. And so the point is the countdown's on. So, you know, several years ago working together, all of a sudden we laid out this plan. And now it's the the reality is there's months left now instead of years. And now you can do a countdown knowing that everything's done. Everything's laid out. you've, You've done and set yourself up to the point where you need to. And now it's just a matter of think about going into work. If you work in a workplace or even if you own your own business right think about going in every single day knowing that you had a date scheduled that that was your last day how does that change your attitude oh boy counting right? down the days yeah but 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 doesn't that make it a little bit easier to go go into the office oh, or go sure. into the workplace absolutely right? yeah and those and those in some cases stupid people you work with right that that you can't stand dealing with Doesn't that put a little grin on your face when when all of a sudden they're saying crazy things and you're like, I got only a certain amount of time left with you, my friend, I'm
3: gone. (laughs) Exactly.
1: You know, but flip side, by the way, some people miss going to work because that's their social life in a lot of ways. That's their family. I had another woman in that uh, works part-time in a bookstore over in South Paris, and she came in and said, you know, I needed it have some part-time work not necessarily cuz i needed the money but i need to i need to have a little bit more social life than just going to Hannaford and picking up my groceries i said i get it
3: yeah but uh, yeah exactly so uh, the number folks is 800-998-5649 and so we're talking about the question when can i retire and uh, we talked about this in the first segment too and that's getting rid of your debt for the most part and and uh, that that is such a relief knowing that you don't have any debt going into retirement that that makes all the difference doesn't it I
1: think it does. I'm a get out of debt guy. I'm a little bit torn you know, in the last several years with the mortgage rates being so low. And then here's the thing. It's not the end of the world if you go into retirement having a mortgage payment. It really isn't. I mean, I've had some people 60 years old refi for 30 years. Fine. If, if that's built into your budget, it, it can work. Not a problem. But, but if you, if your goal is to get out of debt, how do we do that? How do we put that plan in place? I wrote a whole chapter in my book that, you know, the debt knockout, I call it, the debt snowballs, the, the other strategy, right. same, same idea is how do you put a strategy in place to get out of debt, to get to that point, if that's your goal, all the other consumer type debts are run at, above and beyond the mortgage. I would tell you should be paid off by the time you retire, including the car payments. I, I think that if you're paying five, $600 a month for a car payment that, you know, that means you need an additional $100,000 saved up in a retirement account to spit off that kind of interest at 6% a year. So again, by paying off the car, freeing up that five $600 a month, that means you need $100,000 less saved up in your investment accounts. Think about it like that. that. That's what debt can do. On the, on the other side, how much money you need saved up?
3: Yeah, wow! I hadn't really thought about it that way, but that makes perfect sense. One of the other things th- that can help us get to retirement is that uh, our savings are going to cover our expenses and then some. Here, here's the, again
1: part of the part of people's situation. Sometimes, as they come in, and all of a sudden, the 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 earnings that they have from either Social Security pensions, whatever they might have, mainstay retirement, wherever they're getting their income from, it actually covers. If you've got a couple people in the household, actually will cover in a lot of cases. The basic spending needs of the household. So now if if, you're, if your income's covering your expenses, but now you come to a point where you, you're 72 years old, soon to be 73 is the law for doing minimum distributions, required minimum distributions. Now you've got to take a certain amount of money out, roughly 4%. Now, what does that look like and how does that change your, your household income? It, you know, if you, if you don't need the money, what do you do with the money? And oftentimes I've got people that have non-retirement accounts set up with us and we sit and do a review every year, and basically the conversation says, "Kev, all right, I need to do my minimum distribution. Why don't you just take that from my IRA and and flip it over to my non-IRA account? They don't they don't need the money, so we just reinvest it. Except now it's a non-IRA chassis, which they can get at any time, like it like a piggy bank. They get access to that money in, in basically two business days.
3: And again, that makes sense as well in terms of just getting there and and having having what you want." And like you said, it's they don't need the money. So boy, you know where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And, and and how about gifting?
1: I mean, if you've got sure. additional monies above and beyond your your budget, right? Why not start to to gift to the kids or grandkids while you're alive to start seeing, you know, some of them enjoy and use some of the funds, right? But at the same time, you get to see that while you while you're alive, and 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 maybe direct that a little bit, maybe help them start an investment account, and get them interested in money. Because if your kids and grandkids are going to inherit what you leave behind, you want them to be good stewards of what you worked all your life for. I right. would I would assume, right? That's usually the conversation I have. I, handful of, handful of people do come in and say, "Kev, I'm going to be dead. I, I really don't care." But most people don't feel like that. They they feel like, "Hey, no, I want to make sure that I I worked my life, I saved."
3: Like crazy all my life, I want to make sure it, it's handled the right way after I pass. Absolutely, and and again, you know, we talked about this in the in the last segment as well. And we talk about healthcare being covered, and and there are there are great ways to do that. But but again, that's that's a topic that has to be addressed. It does. So we've got a healthcare specialist, uh, Bill Pike is his name. He
1: covers the whole state of Maine. Part of our team is now we've got the specialist. That holistic plan is somebody comes in and says, "Kev, I'm I'm not 65 yet. I want to look at getting done." I want to talk to somebody, that you know, about healthcare. I'm going to sit them down with Bill. Bill's going to, con- you know, contact him or they'll contact Bill, and he'll go through all things healthcare. If you qualify for subsidy with the Obamacare, that's still out there based on your household income. He's going to talk through those plans. If your income's too high and you don't qualify for subsidy, he's got all those plans available. When you get to be 65, we've got three Medicare specialists that are basically covering the whole state. We've carved carved off the state depending on the location where you're at. And we've got Chris Parnell, Rick George, and Kevin Callback. So if you have a, a, a need or concern about getting healthcare coverage, we've got those those
3: bases covered for you. And again, that's unique to, to Frisbee and Associates. I mean, not every advisory firm offers those kinds of services. And in fact, many times they won't even talk to you about social security, and, and that's not a problem for you guys. And, and by the way, we don't charge for those services, anything
1: extra at all. That, that Becomes a big deal, and the clients will will finally decide to sign on with us sometime and say, well, "How about this other stuff? What what am I going to pay for this?" And I'm like, "Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's part of the deal." Yeah. And to me, to, to me, that's taking care of my clients. That's
3: taking care of our clients, I should say here sure. in,
1: at you know, Frisbee Associates.
3: Well, and so let me ask you this: How important is it for for maybe someone to to like do a dress rehearsal on on retirement, or just you know have their budget in place and say, "Okay, we're going to spend a month living as if we were retired" before they retire. I love that, and not everybody does it, but the,
1: but the ones that do, they're they want to um, how do I say they want to prove them, to themselves that they can build up their comfort level by doing it on a budget. So a lot of times they'll they'll have a budget, they'll have their paycheck, whatever you know. If it's single earner or double earner in the household, doesn't really matter. You can do a dress rehearsal of your retirement, saying if this is what my retirement income need is. And I have a certain amount that I'm making on my job, assuming that that goes down when you retire. Not always the case, by the way. Some people have at least as much or more income when they retire based on you know if they have a pension or whatever. But if you want to do a dress rehearsal and do it, at least six months is the minimum, I think, Steve, for a dress rehearsal. But if you can do it for a year, how is your comfort level going to increase if you've lived on your budget and carved down your, your paycheck? and now save that additional amount of money, your, your confidence level goes through the roof.
3: Sure. Well, and, and if you were doing that, if you're living on that retirement budget and you're actually making more than that budget, then guess where that money goes?
1: Yeah, back either into the additional amounts into the retirement accounts to do catch up, or you you basically boost up your your emergency accounts and
3: uh, and save up that money. And again, we've got to know what we're doing, and and by that I mean, uh, are you going to work part time? Are you going to volunteer? Are you going to be a mentor? From a mental health standpoint, that's really important. No doubt about it. One of the most important things I think that
1: people need to consider about retirement is staying busy, active, and and all that stuff. Whatever you're going to do after the fact, because the worst thing that could happen to a retiree is to sit idle. And, and both mentally and physically. I had a, a another client in here doing a review and uh they they snowbird down to Florida. And he says, and if they're healthy 62, 63 year olds, got a good pension, got good income, but basically a are snowbirding, and they come in with a great tan and smiles on their face and they're like, yeah. We even, you know, we live three miles from our kids and we even walk to their, their house so we can get out there and stay active and keep those keep those limbs going. Sure. And I'm like, you know what? You're the idea of somebody that's probably gonna live to 95 years old because of the activity of what you're consciously doing, staying healthy and active and 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 busy
3: doing stuff. So important as well. And in fact, Kevin, why don't we just invite folks to call and, and have those conversations? That's what's fun. Great idea, Steve. For the next ten callers who will call in today.
1: We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques, which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning for the next 10 callers, A comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation.
3: Hey folks, it's a great opportunity to sit down with Kevin and, and, you know, get that financial roadmap put together. Uh, Maybe take some of that complex financial world, make it become clear, easy to understand. Whether it's Social Security, Medicare, setting up your health care, whatever it might be, they're there for you to help make it smooth and easy to understand. It's a true practical financial review. Make that phone call. 800 998 5649. 10 callers are going to get that comprehensive financial review. You're going to see where you are today, but more importantly, you'll find you've got a roadmap that's going to help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800 998 5649. Again, 800 998 5649. Listeners have been busy asking plenty of questions. When we come
1: back, I'll answer as many as time allows.
5: The original Borders Bookstore was founded in 1971 in Ann Arbor, Michigan by brothers Tom and Lewis Borders. Borders was acquired in 1992 by Kmart, which had acquired mall-based book chain Walden Books eight years earlier. But Kmart had a tough time with the book division. In the Borders acquisition, Kmart merged the two companies, hoping that Borders executives would help with the struggling Walden Books. But several high-ranking Borders management staff left the company and Kmart executives to deal with the problems of an even bigger bigger company, and increasing competition from Barnes & Noble and Crown Books. Facing its own financial issues, Kmart spun off Borders in a highly structured stock purchase plan. The newly formed company was initially called Borders Walden Group, and by the end of the same year, renamed simply Borders Group. In 2003, Borders had 1,249 stores using the Borders and Walden Books names. There were also international stores as well. The last year that Borders made a profit was in 2006. Its yearly income dropped by $1 billion over the next four years. On November 5, 2009, Borders announced it would close some of its Walden book stores in an effort to improve the profitability of its specialty retail operations. By January 2010, 182 stores had been closed. On February 16, 2011, the company announced that it had filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. The company also announced the liquidation and closing of 226 stores. A United States bankruptcy judge approved a petition to liquidate. This resulted in the company converting their Chapter 11 case to Chapter 7. On July 22, 2011, Borders started closing its remaining 399 stores with a phased rollout. Business operations ceased in September 2011. Former rival and the current second-largest chain of bookstores in the United States, Books a Million, had made a bid to acquire 30 to 35 stores and their assets on July 19, 2011, the day liquidation was approved by the courts. The two sides, however, were unable to come to an agreement suitable to all parties. Books a Million later resurrected its offer to buy portions of Borders Group, purchasing leases for 14 stores in primarily New England and Pennsylvania. Borders USA closed the doors of its remaining stores on Sunday, September 18, 2011. 2011. The Borders online store closed on September 27, 2011. A banner then appeared on their website, allowing users to browse but directed them to Barnes & Noble to complete their purchases.
3: We're back on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisby. This is our final segment. And, uh, of course, that means we are jumping into some questions. But before we do that, Kevin, uh, let's talk seminars. And, and I know that as the summer goes on, you're you're talking about more and more people coming out and, and being more comfortable. And that's got to be satisfying in and of itself. So you've got the seminars planned. Yeah, we have them scheduled out uh, through really uh, the
1: next several months. So I want to cover a couple of them, locations and dates. And you can always call the office if you don't catch these, if you don't have enough time to write these down, if you're driving or something, listen to the show, call the office, get the dates and locations, and uh, we'll get those out to you. Okay. So we've got uh, September, let me say, oh, I'm sorry. August 5th, we have a retirement income planning workshop in Farmington, Maine. We've got a, uh, uh, let's see, August 3rd, we've got a Portland asset preservation workshop. We've got a asset preservation workshop, October 9th. In Auburn, Maine, and I'm scattering through here. We've got a Brewer date, September 29th, a retirement income planning workshop. So a bunch of locations, a bunch of seminars. We try to cover the state, you know, in kind of a central location where we can have people drive, maybe drive within a, a half hour, 45 minutes, because it's worth coming out. You know, we our feedback is our, we fill it with with great information. We don't waste any t- anybody's time. We cover a lot of ground, and we don't sell anything. We educate people in these seminars and we give them a pack of information to go home with. So I think it's valuable, uh, to, you know, to spend your time if you want to come out to one of these.
3: Well, and I think it's important that, that, you know, people are feeling comfortable and, uh, you know, being able to get out there and enjoy it and, and just have that interaction. Yeah. And we're not packing the rooms like, like we used to either. I mean, we, meaning we're, we're kind of trying to keep separation
1: uh, still. A little oh, bit sure. Understood. And, and back in the day, we used to pull 80, 80, 90, 100 people in some of these locations. And, and we're just trying to not do that now. We're trying to keep it so it's it's reasonable numbers, so there's not big crowds, and uh, and you know at least for the time being.
3: Yeah. Well, that makes sense as well. Folks, if you want to learn more, it's 800-998-5649. Um, all right. Let's jump into a couple of these questions here. George is in Farmington. He writes and says, I have to start taking my required minimum distributions this year. I've got three different IRAs. Should I take some money from each account or take it all from one? It's a good question. Great question.
1: And and George, I'll make a comment. So I've been uh, telling our clients, unless they uh, really want that requirement of distribution, leave it alone until they pass the SECURE 2.0 Act. Because if you're 72 this year and you're subject to the minimum distribution, it's likely the SECURE 2.0 is going to increase that to 73. And so if you don't want to take your RMDs, you might have one more year reprieve to not do that. If you, if you want to take that money and need to take the money, different story. To answer your question, however, do you take it from one or all? A lot of people don't know this, Steve. You don't have to take from each account. The IRS does not care where you pull the money from. They just care how much you pull is, as far as a percentage of the total account values. And so, George, I would say if you get three IRAs, Take it from the, the the worst performing one. Let's look at the performance of each one
3: and take it from the worst performing one. Okay, well that makes sense. That's logical. Um, but it is interesting that that you don't have to take some from all of them. But if, but your clients, for example, if they had three IRAs and you know comes time for RMDs, uh, as a client, I don't have to worry about that. You just take care of it. Oh yeah, no doubt about it.
1: We we have our clients on autopilot. As soon as they turn minimum distribution age, we do a form, signature form. You tell me when do you want that? You know, you know, particular month. You want to spread out over the year. You want it a certain day of the month, and bang, it's done. And, and we do that automatically, put people in autopilot because I don't want to step on that landmine. That if it's not done by the end of the year, there could be
3: a potential massive tax penalty on not taking your RMDs. Right. Well, and again, I think that I think that's interesting when you talk about Secure Act two and then the fact that RMDH could easily go up uh, if that if and when that passes. And uh, so, yeah, I like that. That's good. That's I mean, that's just logical to, mm-hmm. to, to wait every- it out if you can. Mm-hmm
1: most everything's logical, Steve. A lot of people overthink things. And no, I I think we can simplify things just by having discussions with people about some of these uh, items. Sure.
3: All right. Let's go to Penny in Dixfield. She says, uh, are social security benefits withheld because of excess earnings returned to you in monthly installments when you reach full retirement age? That's a great question. That means if, if Penny's still working, she's
1: collecting social security, and then she makes more than Um, the uh, allowed amount, meaning she's going to be penalized on her social security, those penalties get paid back into your lifetime benefit. You don't get that back in a lump sum, but they do increase and and reallocate and readjust, I should say, your future payments according to the amount that you, uh, you have a penalty for.
3: Okay. All right. So, I mean, you're going to get that money. It's not going to be a lump sum that they're going to send you, right?
1: No, no, it goes in your earnings mix, uh, you know, with your life expectancy and and such. And again, it it usually is not a big number increase, but it does, you don't give up. They penalize you technically on your tax form when they pull that back. But over time, if you live long enough, over time, you're going to get that back.
3: All right, fair enough. Penny, if you'd like, 800-998-5649 is the number. Uh, Harry is in Scarborough and he's asking the difference. What's the difference between a 401k and a pension plan?
1: Good question. Uh, Pension plans have become a thing of the past, but the companies and, and firms that still have them, the difference is this. A 401k is a defined contribution plan, which means you're making contributions to that 401k from your paycheck into your retirement account, and you might have a company match. A pension plan is a defined benefit plan where a company might have, or government entity might have set up where they're making that contribution into that defined benefit plan that you have a certain amount of money that you'll be guaranteed to take out on a monthly basis once you retire, providing you fall into that guideline of time period and all those type of things. Okay. So that the 401k is a contribution plan. The pension plan is a defined benefit plan given by the company.
3: And again, like you said, the pensions are kind of falling by the wayside, uh, but you talk about pensions and f- some folks do. Is it mostly teachers, government jobs, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, paper mills uh, unions have pensions still. So, the the problem with those going away and becoming th- a thing of the past is the fact that now the burden, the bigger burden, is on the people, to to really pump in money into that defined contribution plan, that four hundred one k, four hundred three b, thrift thrift savings plan, four hundred fifty seven, wherever you might work. There's different names for those, but they all mean the same thing. It's a contribution plan that you can make contributions to as well as your company may make contributions to and and again, with pensions becoming a thing of the past, if you don't have a pension and, and a lot of people don't now, the burden on you is to save more money in that defined contribution plan, the 401k type plan, so that you can make sure you have enough money to supplement your social security
3: down the road. Okay. Well, all right. That makes sense too. So uh, Harry, if you want to know some more, it's uh, 800-998-5649. Let's see. if we got time for another one here. Let's go to Kenny in Newport. Uh, He says, I just retired and have to decide if I should leave my money in my 401k with my previous employer or move it to an IRA. Now I know the IRA gives me more investment options, but do I really need them? I also need to decide if I should place the funds in a target retirement fund or allow my portfolio to be actively managed.
1: A lot of good stuff there, Kenny. Thanks for writing in. So uh, first and foremost, yes, you have many more options if you roll the 401k to an IRA, which by the way, I would say probably is 90% of Frisbee and Associates businesses, people that have retirement accounts at the workplace and they come in and we we help them roll it to a, to an IRA. Why is that? Many, many more investment options, number one. Do you need them? Yeah, I think that the, to look at the options that are available inside an IRA versus the limited options inside a 401k are, are drastically different. Get into the target retirement funds. I'm, I'm grinning when I when I answer this. So the target retirement funds, Steve, you and I talk about this all the time. I'm not a big fan of, number one, it's, all, it's reallocated one time a year. As you get older, they reallocate the investments only one time a year. Number two, they have way more risk in them than you would think. So example, right now the 2025 target retirement fund in your 401k says that you're gonna retire in four years in 2025, right? And it's Mm -hmm. 2021 this year. That means you would assume that that retirement target date fund is much more conservative than a 2030, 35 and 40. And it is, however, it's got more risk than you want to have at this point in your life. If you're really gonna retire in four years, that 2025 target fund has about 30 or 35 percent risk in it. To that point, I would ask you: if you lost 30 or 35 percent of your money right now in that target date fund, would that change your retirement outlook? And, and I, I'm going to guess the answer is yes, sure. right? So that's too much risk. Is the point? An active managed portfolio with a with a fiduciary licensed advisor is absolutely the the, the better way to go.
3: All right, fair enough. I, well, again, yeah, the target date funds. I I know that those are are that's kind of a some people, I guess, so let me ask you this. Is a target date fund better when you're a lot younger? And then as you get a little bit older, it may be better to just sort of move things into with an advisor like you. Well, if, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, just pound money in your
1: 401k and not have any advisor help you out and and you're not going to make the changes yourself. Yeah. That's the default way to go. Just pile money into the target date funds. Again, there's a better way to do it, but if you're just going to be passive, not pay attention You know, chuck money into your 401, then that's a better better than nothing way
3: to go. Okay. Uh, But as
1: you get closer to retirement, you want to have an active manager, somebody that's actively guiding you along.
3: That's right. 800 998 5649. There's the number you can call. Well, uh, let's see. We've got one more opportunity to call folks. In fact, let's open up those lines right now.
1: Great idea, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today,
3: Hey folks, don't miss the opportunity. This is the last time today, we're gonna invite you to call and get a spot on the calendar with Kevin. It's a chance for you to take that complex financial world. He can help make it clear, make it a lot easier to understand. The next 10 callers right now at 800-998-5649 will get that comprehensive financial review and you will see where you are today. But more importantly, you'll find that you've got a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800 998 5649. Again, 800 998 5649. Kevin, as always, one of my favorite hours of the week right here with you. I just, the information, the stories, everything just kind of all comes together.
1: I hope people appreciate the show. We talk about so much uh, on these shows every single week, Steve. And, and if you're listening and you haven't called in yet, or if you've called in before, Give another call. If you want to come in and have a a consultation, even if you've come in before, we'll give you another free consultation and and sit down with somebody here at Frisbee Associates.
3: That sounds fantastic. Folks, take advantage of it. And uh, hey, we really do appreciate you listening. And we're going to be back again next week. New topics, new questions, and a whole lot more right here on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee.